CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's Wednesday, February 21st, 2024, and this is Markets Daily from Coindesk. I'm your host, Celine Braun, filling in for Jennifer Sinassi. Let's dive into those prices. According to Coinness Indices at 8 a.m. Eastern Time, Bitcoin was trading down around 1.5% over the past 24 hours at $51,300. Bitcoin tested the 53K level Tuesday, reaching just a few dollars shy of 53,000 before experiencing heavy resistance. Ether fell 0.3% over the same time period, sitting at $2,920. The Coinness 20 was fully in the red, down from yesterday's rally. And for a quick check-in on spot Bitcoin ETFs, trading volumes of Vanix Hodel, one of the 10 spot Bitcoin ETFs in the US, surged over 2,000% on Tuesday in a move driven by individual traders. In traditional markets, both the Nasdaq and the S&P 500 were down slightly in yesterday's trading. Traders are watching for Nvidia's earnings report, set to release after the bell today. And in commodities, the Brent crude oil benchmark was trading at $81.42 a barrel. Meanwhile, gold was trading at $2,029 an ounce. For more in the markets action, let's bring in Jim Bianco, president and macro strategist at Bianco Research. Obviously, you watch the markets very closely from almost all angles. But what's sticking out to you these days in particular? You know, two things. I mean, obviously, in crypto land, I'm watching the development of this, you know, all the spot Bitcoin ETFs, the flows and the attention and the trading has been astounding. It is breaking all kinds of records. And it's really, you know, redefining not only the crypto space, but it's also somewhat redefining ETF space. I mean, within TradFi world, what I'm watching right now is probably the Federal Reserve. The minutes come out today. And I'm going to say it this way, whether or not they're going to cut rates this year. Now, a month ago, the market thought that the Fed was going to cut rates seven times. It has now priced that down to three times. And the data keeps getting stronger. They maybe even question whether or not we're going to get three. We're going to get minutes from their last meeting on January 31st today, hopefully give us some clues on where the Fed's going to go the rest of this year. So just quickly about the Fed, I'm, I'm curious, do you think the Fed rate cuts, if we're going to get any is going to have an influence on Bitcoin still? Because we saw a big correlation, obviously, last year. Do you think that's going to change this year? Or are we going to still see an effect on crypto markets from the Fed? Well, yeah. And this will transition to what we're going to talk about next. I think with the advent of the Bitcoin ETF and the tremendous volume 
in there that it is going to probably recorrelate Bitcoin to TradFi markets. It's going to recor- It's going to become a version of TQQQ. That's the three X Nasdaq 100 ETF. And if that's indeed the case, then yes, Federal Reserve policy, the d- direction of interest rates and the direction of the economy, is going to come down on crypto just as much as it comes down on TradFi. Let's talk about ETFs then, because um, obviously that's on your mind and it's on, it's on everybody's mind these days. I want to address the elephant in the room, which seems to be that you're the only person in this world that is not excited about the approval and launch of the spot Bitcoin ETFs. In fact, you said it's, quote, a giant mistake. Explain to me why you think that. Well, I think it's a giant mistake in that everybody is, is, is celebrating it. But basically, I got two arguments. Argument one is centralizing ownership of a decentralized asset, I think, is very problematic. We saw this with the approval process of the the spot Bitcoin ETFs. The SEC came in and said, you want a spot ETF? There's certain rules you have to apply by. There there can't be self-custody. There can't be uh, in-kind transfers. These are technical things about the, the way that the ETFs trade. And the industry said, yes, 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 whatever you want, we'll do. And you're bringing in the SEC. Now, they're not going to be able to put rules on the network, but they're going to put rules on a giant owner of the network. And that is going to have a big influence on how the crypto space is regulated and what is preferred and what its incentives are. And I think it's a, it's a concerning issue to say we're going to have centralization of assets in a decentralized world. And remember, there are 10 owners of these assets. BlackRock, IBID, they're the owner. Larry Fink is the owner. Now, Larry Fink has a ledger that says there's thousands of people that I will pass my ownership of these coins on to everybody else underneath it. But Larry Fink's the owner. So if Gary Gensler calls up Larry Fink or Abby Johnson at Fidelity and says, boy, I'd really like A, B, and C, and they'd say, you know, you're my regulator, whatever you want, we'll do, they're going to start changing things. And, and they now have enormous influence over the industry. Prior to January 11th, they were just an important TradFi voice. Now they're going to become very big whales in this industry, and they're going to start dictating terms. And that's my biggest concern. My other concern, which I'll admit my, my narrative kind of got lost, is I don't think people really appreciate what a ETF is. An ETF is Wall Street. It is the trading vehicle on Wall Street. All those traders you see sitting at desks, they're trading ETFs. If you saw the movie Hummingbird Project, where they were trying to put all of the fiber optic cables to beat the the speed of light for the next guy to do high-frequency trading, that was to do ETF trading. ETF trading is nearly, when you add in ETFs and the stocks underlying, it's 40% of the volume of American stock exchanges right now. It is something like $11 trillion of assets. There are whole industries of money managers that just manage ETFs. And in full disclosure, I manage an ETF, which owns other ETFs. That is a big business. Now, what I hear from the crypto crowd is, no, ETFs are a boomer project that the you know, bunch of old guys on golf courses are calling their wealth manager and saying, put 2% of my net worth into IBED. That is a tiny, tiny percentage of how this industry works. And so really what you're bringing in with it is you're bringing in all of TradFi. You're bringing in the trading desks, you're bringing in the HFTs, 
You're bringing in some wealth managers, although I don't think it's very large right now. You're bringing in retail. You're bringing in everybody. And what you're doing is you're inviting the entire system that the Bitcoin maxis are trying to push it back from in. And that with it, you're going to get the entire system in. I think it's fantasy for anybody to say, well, the Bitcoin ETF is going to change the system. No, the system is going to swallow the Bitcoin ETF and it's going to swallow crypto if you're not careful. That's my concern. Global crypto regulation, the disruptive power of AI, the rise of tokenization. Consensus is the one event where experts convene to talk about the ideas shaping our digital future. Join developers, investors, founders, brands, policymakers, and plenty more in Austin, Texas from May 29th to the 31st. The 10th annual Consensus is curated by Coindesk to feature the industry's most sought-after speakers, unparalleled networking opportunities, and unforgettable experiences. Take 15% off with this registration code, MD15. Register now at consensus.coindesk.com. So first of all, sorry if you've been hearing a cat, you're not going crazy. I think uh, my cat wants to weigh in on this too. Um, I want to push you a little bit on this. Why do you think people are missing that exact point that you just made? It, is it just the excitement from the crypto industry that that Wall Street is, you know, pushing crypto or getting into crypto more? And, you know, what's the what's the solution here? If not through participation from Wall Street, how else can crypto achieve mainstream adoption without being sucked into the current financial system? As, as you described it before, obviously, these firms, BlackRock, Fidelity and Co., want to make money and be the dominant player. So in what other way could they support digital assets without also centralizing it at the same time? So um, a couple of things. It is not enough to just have one digital asset that has a hard cap of $21 million. And that is excellent to have that, but it is insufficient if you are building an alternative financial system. What you need is you need custody, storage, trading, lending, staking, uh, insurance, private ownership, which would be NFTs. You need the whole thing is what you need to have. You need to build an alternative financial system. For that, you need development, you need coders, you need VC money. That's what this industry needs. If, on the other hand, all of the attention is going to get sucked up into some short-term number-go-up cheerleading, then what I'm afraid of is a bunch of VCs, a bunch of money that might have invested in a new protocol, that might have invested in a better wallet scheme, are going to say, you know, uh, let's just buy iBit because it's going to go up and we're, it's a lot easier, it's simpler, and we're going to make the same amount of money. <laughs> that these other projects are risky, they got giant payoffs, but they've also got a high risk of, of, of not paying off. And that you're going to retard the development of this system. All technology is always started with not people just sitting around cheerleading about the value of their company. They want to become billionaires, but it's really about we have to build a better mousetrap. And I just wonder if the ETF is going to get in the way of building that better mousetrap. Whether or not it's BRC20 tokens on the Bitcoin blockchain or it's ERC20 tokens on the Ethereum blockchain or Solana, or something else that heaven's come up, or whatever else we're working on, is all of this going to get pushed aside? Now, I know people are going to say, no, well, these, there's billions and billions of dollars that's not going into it. It's going into these ETFs. And really, the reason everybody's excited about it is they want the damn number to go up. 
And they want it to go up today, and they want it to go up next week. They don't want to build for a future of where it's going to be in five years. That's why I said, yeah, if you want 70000 on Bitcoin, the ETF is a very good vehicle to maybe accomplish that. But if you want Kathy Wood's number of $1.3 in 10 years, the Bitcoin ETF is going to do nothing for that. That's the way that I, I see it. And so you're trading the short term potentially for the long term. So speaking of people that want the number to go up, I don't know if you saw, but Michael Saylor was on Bloomberg TV yesterday and he was asked if he'd consider selling some of his Bitcoin, given that him and MicroStrategy sit on a $4 billion profit. And he said that he wouldn't because he explained that Bitcoin competes against gold and it competes against real estate, but it is still the superior asset. So it makes no sense to sell the winner and buy the loser, he said. Just wondering, do you agree with him? And do you think people like Michael Saylor are becoming too powerful and that if they sell all of their Bitcoin, it, it's completely going to tank the market? Centralized ownership of decentralized assets. By the way, Michael Saylor did say that he said that Bitcoin is the exit strategy. So they asked him, what's your exit strategy from Bitcoin? And he said, it is the exit strategy from StratFi is what it is. And I, I largely agree with that. But you're right that centralized ownership or concentrated ownership puts an enormous amount of power in the hands of a few people. And they can make or break projects and they can make or break directions that the, that the industry wants to go. Michael Saylor's ownership of Bitcoin, and that's what it is, is actually representative of thousands of people that own it by their stock ownership and microstrategy. I think the industry would be better off with this 190,000 coins spread out over hundreds of thousands of different people, as opposed to one person representing all of them as being the CEO of MicroStrategy. But now that I've said that, look, I applaud the guy. I think what he's doing is a good idea. It's just my philosophy about people ask me, I'm a decentralization maxi. I want to see the most amount of decentralization in all aspects everywhere. And when I see centralization, I get very worried that we're not building a new financial system. We're just going to suck it into the old system. And we're just going to continue on with what we've had for the last 150 years with this shiny new digital toy within the old system and not really fulfill the big promise of what cryptocurrencies are trying to do. Thanks so much for joining, Jim. This was Jim Bianco, president and macro strategist at Bianco Research. For more interviews and macro news on the digital asset space, check out Coindesk's First Mover, also hosted by me, Jen Snassi. Markets Daily is produced and edited by Eleanor Paul, alongside senior booking producer Melissa Montanez and executive producer Jared Schwartz. I'm your host, Jen Snassi. We'll be back tomorrow with more Markets Daily. Markets Daily.